when I'm traveling by train, I realized I'm more excited. The whole train situation is so different. It's mm. it's like slow living, you know. Mm. It's just, you sit there and there's like a beautiful nature outside of the window. Das ist der Telekom Electronic Beats Podcast. Der Podcast rund um Nachtleben und Clubkultur. Wir sprechen mit DJs, Türstehern, Tänzern, Clubbetreibern und anderen Nachtmenschen. Mein Name ist Gesine Kühne. Und ich bin Jakob Töne. Herzlich willkommen beim Electronic Beats Podcast. Herzlich willkommen beim Telekom Electronic Beats Podcast. Mein Name ist Gesine Kühne und ich freue mich über jede einzelne Zuhörerin und auch über jeden einzelnen Zuhörer. Das Gespräch, das ihr gleich hören werdet, das hat auf Englisch stattgefunden, denn ich durfte Kaspar Björke treffen. Ich bin so ein bisschen Fangirl, seitdem es ihn gibt als Produzent und DJ. Getroffen habe ich Kaspar in Mailand. Ja, dort hat er im Grace Club ein DJ-Set gespielt und ich dachte mir so, ich mach's mal wie er. Denn Kaspar Björke versucht, alle seine Gigs mit der Bahn zu erreichen. Das heißt, Amerika findet gar nicht mehr statt. Also habe ich mich auch in den Zug gesetzt und bin halt nach Mailand 14 Stunden gefahren. Das war eine gute Reise, interessante Reise. Und ich werde sehr detailliert über Umweltschutz mit Kaspar sprechen, warum er das Ganze macht und wie das auch so seinen Arbeitsalltag bzw. auch sein Einkommen eventuell beeinflusst. Aber bevor wir in dieses Gespräch reinhören, möchte ich noch schnell eine kleine englische Zusammenfassung für unsere englischen Zuhörer geben. Welcome to the Electronic Beats Podcast. My name is Gesine Kühne and I'm happy that we have this episode in English because I got to meet Kasper Björke, an amazing DJ and producer. But mainly, he's a climate activist. How do you do that as a DJ? Well, you try to take the train to your gigs. But I'm not going to talk too much about our little interview we had. You're just going to have to listen to it. Bevor wir aber in das Gespräch starten und genau hören, was Kasper zum Umweltschutz zu sagen hat, möchte ich euch noch ein Produkt der Deutschen Telekom vorstellen. Und das Ganze heißt Datenroaming. Das ist ja wirklich in Europa inzwischen so ein Luxus, oder? Ich bin da durch, wo bin ich lang gefahren? Österreich und dann nach Italien rein. Und ich musste nicht extra... Datenpässe bestellen, aber sobald man aus Europa rausfliegt oder fährt, dann kommt man schon in die Verlegenheit, mal surfen zu müssen und da gibt es tatsächlich das Angebot Travel und Surf Pass. Die sind unterschiedlich groß, es gibt Tages- oder Wochenpässe, man kann die mit einem gewissen Datenvolumen bestellen oder halt, wie gesagt, einfach sich an so einen Tag halten. Und das Ganze geht auch ohne extra App. Man bekommt eine SMS, dass man sich außerhalb des ähm, eigenen Tarifs bewegt und ob man vielleicht einen Pass kaufen möchte. Und dann klickt man einfach drauf und kommt auf die Seite, wo man das tun kann. Ja, ich habe das schon sehr oft getan. Also, wenn ihr dazu mehr wissen wollt, schaut doch einfach mal in die Show Notes. Da ist der Link zum Travel und Surf Pass drin. Hi, Kaspar Björke. Hello. I'm very happy we're here together and we're not in Berlin or in Copenhagen where you're from. Um, we're actually in Milano in yeah. Italy. You played a party with mutual friends, mm -hmm. Modular Project, and I came here 
because of you to meet you to talk about a lot of environmental stuff but also to visit my friends at uh, Tempio del Futuro Peduto which is an amazing club uh, in Milano and the reason I ask you to come here is actually not because they have this amazing studio which has a great sound for the podcast recording also um, they are very environmentally friendly as well mm. they, so like it's a plastic free club it's mm. very important so mm -hmm. that's why I thought maybe it's a great space yeah. for us to meet definitely What I find very interesting with you, especially after hearing you last night, how are you able to walk that thin line between track and song? Um, well, I think actually sometimes I'm not sure myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for example, like I'm just releasing an, a new double EP right now where instead of trying to combine the club tracks and the songs on one album i decided to actually split it up so mm. i did like a part a with with the more slow song vibey tracks and then i did a part b that had uh, that has like the club bangers mm. so that was just a way of like not having to try to fit them into one project um but what i have been doing in the past is that Uh, I've been not really thinking about the club uh, when I've been doing my albums. I've been thinking about just tracks that I would like to listen to at home. And mm -hmm. then I've been having remixes interpret my music so for the for the club, basically. So mostly I'm in my own DJ sets. I've not really been playing my own original productions, but the remixes that others have made of me. Uh, and I find that quite fun actually and uh, yeah so you're in charge of everything there's no music management label saying no. no to you can't do that or no I mean I've always chosen my own remixes uh, from the beginning and um, and I find great joy in that actually like trying to well when I DJ I've, I listen to all this new stuff and like meet all these great talented people and it's just a nice way to also build your network and share music and and um, swap remixes I, i do one for them and they do one for me and that's like been a, a trade for me since the beginning um ever since yeah like 2006 mm. um when i started to release my solo stuff like i remember writing writing nicholas jar on myspace <laughs> myspace <laughs> and, uh, and like I wrote him like, "Hey man, I'm really, I'm really a fan of your stuff." And he had just released like a few, uh, 12 inches, maybe one EP on Wolf and Lamb at the time. Mm -hmm. So he wrote back like, "Hey dude, I'm a fan of you." And I'm like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> um, but then like he, I invited him to Copenhagen to play, and you know he played in this small bar where I was playing. Um, I'm not gonna say the fee, but it was low <laughs> mm -hmm. and we went by train actually to another city in Copenhagen uh, to play together as well and uh, had a weekend and he did a remix for me for this uh, Rolling Stones cover I did of Heaven and you know then he just blew up like crazy and I, I mean I'm not speaking to him anymore I mean I don't know if he would even reply my emails <laughs> you know but uh, he's doing his thing and it's just amazing to be able to like have have worked with a guy like that you know yeah um, you mentioned MySpace, so that was already the lucky times of of internet. And yeah. now it's so easy with file sharing, so you don't really have to meet in person to work together, right. which is 
probably also nice for the environment if people don't have to travel back and forth to meet, but maybe yeah. not so so nice on the interaction. Does it work with the internet? Is it the same kind of working together, you think? Mm, no, email is definitely, for me, like the main networking tool mm. at the moment. Uh, and it, it's fine. And uh, yeah, the direct messages on on Instagram is also a great way of reaching people Definitely. if you don't have their email. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't mind technology in that sense. Uh, well, let's not get into how much uh, pollution the, the, the server. servers yeah, are yeah. using. I, but, you know, funny, I think about that stuff yeah. a lot these days. Yeah. Yeah, yeah when you're binging Netflix, yeah. then uh, you start to feel guilty. But, you know, you have that's the thing, you know, this is like the big conversation, of course, but you have to choose your battles and you mm -hmm. have to do what you can on all parameters but you are not made of stone you know yeah. it's, it's, yeah. that's how it is um, we get into that topic uh, yeah. a bit uh, more thoroughly later um, you're from Copenhagen um, you call that home and you live that's what I read in a nice old building as mm -hmm. we Germans say Altbau <laughs> mm -hmm. how many days of the year are you actually home Well, these days, uh, quite a lot. I mean, I don't have the exact number, but because I have two kids now, mm. I I uh, try to spend as much time home as possible. So that's also part of of my strategy about why I want to tour less and and just like yeah, I have my studio at home. Uh, I have my office at home. It's like a half business, half. Private. Yeah. And that home. works fine for you, not leaving the house, but just like going next door? Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, people have different approaches. Like yeah. they, some need to go somewhere and yeah. have a rented um, desk, for example, although yeah. they're like freelancers. Yeah. I've tried that and uh, I never go there. <laughs> I just end up paying double rent. <laughs> Many people haven't been to Copenhagen, I would say, from the, from the listener. How would you describe the spirit of Copenhagen? Um. You know, it's like, uh, it's not as Berlin in terms of the music scene, you know, that we don't mm. have the nearly the same amount of interesting places, interesting parties, but there is like a strong scene um, and there's like a, you, a new young scene, which is this fast techno, which I guess you has also made it to Berlin, uh, like 140 BPM. Yeah, didn't we used to call it GABA back in the days? I think, isn't GABA no, faster? No, it's even faster, right? Yeah, yeah okay, you're right. Uh, it's more like trance, I guess. Okay, um, but, <laughs> but, but without the cheesy trancey sounds. Some even have those yeah. cheesy uh, So maybe it's just well. trance, okay. <laughs> <laughs> trance in the... Neo-trance. Yeah, neo 21st century, yeah. But... Um, But yeah, there's like this young scene of of this uh, yeah super fast techno, mm -hmm. which is fun. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, there is like a few established clubs. Um, Culture Box is the oldest one, and then there is Jolene Bar where I have like a residency. I know, <laughs> but I choose I choose like kind of uh, to play there only every two months or something because it's it's a marathon. It's like seven hours. Uh, Back to back, you know, mm -hmm. with the, I invite friends. I've had like Tim Sweeney, Axel Bowman, um, Marvin and Guy, Justin Strauss. Perel has been there. She's coming nice. back. Nice. And um, yeah, so it's like, a, it's a very nice spot. It's 150 people in a room and a nice sound system and a laser and a smoke machine. What else do you need? 
sounds sounds like fun. So Copenhagen could be a place for a DJ as well. It's possible to start out. Yeah, and then there, there is grow a, from there. Yeah, there is like a, a good scene, I think, for for DJ. Okay. Um, yeah. um, but a lot of people do move to Berlin, for example, mm -hmm. or New York or London. Those are very typical uh, places for aspiring musicians mm. or DJs, producers. Mm. Did you ever have one of those places when you were younger? And if so, what was it? <laughs> I Yeah, I, I started going to New York a lot uh, around 2005, 2006. And um, yeah, I played a lot in New York over the years. I had a residency at Output, which is closed now, mm -hmm. but it was a really nice club based kind of on Berghain. Um, the the owners were really fans of that place, so so they kind of built built it around the same concept. Um, but I played in a lot of really fun parties over there and spent a lot of time there also producing music. So my first three albums were mainly recorded in New York, actually. Um, Just because you had to go there anyway because of the residency? I kind of went there to to kind of indulge myself in the okay. in the city life and was it also a bit like yeah because i can and i yeah, am able time, to yeah, yeah at the time i was able to i didn't have mm. a girlfriend and i could like you know just um stay for a month a month and a half mm -hmm. and just like party and make music and it's a super inspiring city so for me and my big inspiration at the time <clears throat> was also the whole dfa scene and mm -hmm. yeah so that was like kind of very motivating uh, to be in the city and and uh, yeah be part of the of the whole scene yeah i mean you have family now i do um two kids as i just found out about the second one yeah <laughs> um so that wouldn't be possible anymore anyway no. but also because flying is really not so good for our world no that's why i wanted to talk with you about climate activism mm -hmm. yeah we have greater Thunberg from Sweden, mm -hmm. your neighboring country, and now we have you as a as a DJ, hopefully becoming a role model in train traveling. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I I don't know about being a role model, but I would like to inspire others to do the same. Yeah, like, but, but that does ma possible. makes a role model kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's something very positive, you know, yeah. um, that like Kaspar Björk, uh, people that know you and find out about that, it actually makes them think. Mm. I mean, look at me. I met your booker in August mm. and she told me, Kaspar is just traveling by train now. Mm. Um, you should talk about uh, climate activism and so on with him. And I'm like, okay. And it made me really think mm -hmm. more than all the other stuff that I see on Instagram, the, the flight shaming and stuff mm. that doesn't resonate, for example, because I feel like a rebellious kid and thinking, you don't have to tell me anything. I mm -hmm. still design for myself. Mm -hmm. But with someone that I appreciate, especially in this kind of music and that hearing about that, it's a difference. Why do you do that? Why did you decide to make that switch? Well, it actually, yeah, it collided Uh, with me becoming a father i mean i've i've known obviously about uh, the climate crisis uh, for a long time mm. but 
becoming a, a parent was just like a game changer in terms of finding out about the responsibility of handing over this this planet. Hello, cat. Yeah, we have um, some some cats here. They're very calming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but handing over the planet to uh, the next generation, just like it, it holds a certain responsibility. Mm. Uh, when you become a parent, it really, yeah, it becomes very black and white. Um, and I wanted to be able to look my kids in the eyes and and say that when I became a father, it it really, uh, yeah, it was a, a line in the sand for me. Mm. Um, So I started to just um, prioritize differently and started to kind of financially like restructure the way I spent my money and the way that I make my money. So because I've always kind of had my DJ income as like, it has been a big part of my main income, but yeah. it, it's also been the fun money, you know. <laughs> okay. You know, like... Uh, <laughs> that the, you spent on fun things afterwards. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, you know... A lot of that stuff I don't need anyway. Yeah. And I mean, that's another thing of being an environmentally friendly is cutting down on stuff. Of course. That yeah. We have, right. Yeah. And it's, that's another thing about this conversation is that flying is, of course, is like the, the main uh, issue here because of the amount of uh, carbon that you actually emit mm. when you fly. Mm. Um, like I told you earlier, like a single flight from, from Europe to, uh, to San Francisco kind of uh, destroys your carbon budget for a whole year. That's just one flight. Yeah. So, uh, but when you look at like what you eat, make sure to eat local and yeah, recycle everything, buy vintage clothes, are vintage furniture. We are like in the process of becoming full on vegetarians, yeah. but it's like we still eat fish and mm -hmm. we still eat uh, chicken sometimes. Okay. But red meat is completely gone mm -hmm. unless I'm in a, amazing restaurant where it's organic meat and and uh, i'm super craving it you know but mm -hmm. that happens maybe mm -hmm. once every second month and then afterwards i'm a little bit like eh, i didn't really need it so but i'm just i don't want to be like a, a martyr or whatever you say like it's it's important for me to say that also i'm not shaming anybody for flying or anything mm -hmm. and i'm not saying that i'm not gonna fly again because i am but i am doing the best I can all the time to not do it, you know. Yeah. Uh, and that's, I think that's the way to go about it now. Yeah. I mean, you have a very comfortable position, to be honest. You're 44. Yeah. You have a family. You have a proper setup life because you're, you made your career. Like yeah. you, your name is out there. You know, people know you. You get your royalties and all that mm -hmm. stuff. You can produce music. Um, you also produce music for commercial mm -hmm. companies. So it's easy for you to say, yeah. I'm and not going to fly. Yeah, and I realize know? that. Yeah. yeah, it's That's also why it's important for me to say that that I'm not judging the, the DJs that mm. are like depending on that's their only income mm -hmm. and they have to do it. Mm -hmm. But maybe there's uh, restructuring to be made uh, between their booking agent and the the residencies they have or maybe there's ways to be creative about how to plan a tour so you don't fly across the Atlantic every yeah. three, four weeks. Yeah, yeah. And just like I think you can you can do more or you can always do more. And I'm I'm speaking to a lot of DJs about it. Like uh Baurut for example 
and uh, Moscow man and like we've just like exchanged thoughts about it and I think most DJs really want to change you know yeah. they really want to do it's, it's also do the best possible but again as I said like it's more about like you have to look at yourself and and what you can do and you don't really have to uh, let others or like put it on others mm -hmm. I think we all like individually need to take responsibility for our own lives and mm -hmm. our own family mm -hmm. And if we all do that, then something will happen. Yeah, that's why I think. Uh, so it's power, power by the people. Yeah. We need to really yeah. do that uprising, yeah. just like Fridays for Future and so on. Just like sure. really trying to mobilize as yeah, many. Yeah, we cannot rely on the next man. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, in that sense, the discussion about like, well, yeah, I mean, there's no reason for half of European. Uh, touring DJs to go to uh, South America mm -hmm. for every uh, festival, you know, mm -hmm. it's like maybe you guys only need to go once a year or mm -hmm. something, you know, uh, I don't know. It's like, um, I mean, I, I understand it. I get it. And I've, and, and it's amazing to play and tour and uh, I've enjoyed it and I still enjoy it, but I think it's a matter of finding a balance, you know, yep. um, And right now, there's not balance in anything, actually. So, would you consider yourself a political person? Yeah, but like political to the point where I I rarely like use my voice in the social media about politics, mm -hmm. uh, which sometimes is a good thing, sometimes a bad thing, I guess. Um, but I mean, after Trump became president, everybody has been like shouting up about how horrible he is. You know? mm -hmm. So, but on a local Uh, political level I have strong opinions you know uh, about immigration and I think we've had like a horrible government but we just got a new uh, government which is uh, more to the um, to the left so that's good <laughs> so we're having a more moderate uh, and social politic now yeah after um, a lot of horrible years you just mentioned not being outspoken about politics on your social media for example mm. um i want to get back to the um climate activism mm. because norman cook aka 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 fat boy slim <laughs> as we know it um took his old track right here right now and mixed it with greater speech in front of the un could you imagine doing something similar like putting your political motions into your music um yeah i've actually i mean i've done it in a very underplayed subtle way i think with my latest ep actually it's called nothing gold can stay and it's about a uh well it's called up or like it's named after uh, a poem by robert frost from 1923 mm -hmm. which is about like the cycle of life and seasons change and The artwork I've chosen is also like, yeah, green leaves on one side and on the other side is like a dried out desert. Yeah. So, you know, if you read the poem, you understand, you know, that it's like, it's basically just about being aware of that nothing is last, nothing lasts forever, you know, yeah. and, and that's a very subtle thing to, to put it like that, but that's just what I felt like, you know, yeah. um, I did Sometimes. note it on my on my laptop as well, you know, ah, EP, right. because I had a I had a feeling there yeah. was something behind it. And also <laughs> the artwork, I, I um, well, I had to download it, but it's like I didn't 
book any photographer to go somewhere to mm. take these photos. Mm -hmm. It's like I found it on a royalty-free uh, website. And I just found that kind of nice as well, you know, yeah. that there was... Sorry, I'm grabbing my handy. Um, but I just remembered because you said you downloaded your artwork that mm. I read something, which um, I took a screenshot of, promo I got from an artist, I don't remember, Eka and something else. And in the end of the promo sheet, it says, the, ecolog the ecological impact of the production of this record will be compensated through a carbon offsetting program. Mm. Is that something you do or think about? Well, I mean, the times that I do have to fly, yeah, I, I, uh, I offset. Okay, but, yeah, but, but, but production and stuff like that? Um, no, I haven't thought about that, actually. Uh, I mean, if it would be something that I had to fly in a musician or something, yeah, I would do it. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, we have a green... Um, energy um, supplier yeah. where we live. Yeah. So that is already wind uh, energy mm -hmm. based. So I don't know what my carbon emission is. Then there is the vinyl. If you choose to have a vinyl, that's horrible. <laughs> but is, but no, seriously, but oh, that's so good that you mentioned that. Mm -hmm. But is it? Because just a couple of weeks ago, uh, my friend Benjamin Fröhlich, you mm -hmm. probably know him as well. Yeah. And I took a long walk through the park And we were talking about Jennifer Cadini and her label. Mm -hmm. And I wrote to Jenny asking if she has all those tracks also coming out on vinyl. And she's like, no, we don't do vinyl anymore. Mm -hmm. And I got the idea instantly when I read her message. Mm -hmm. And then I talked to Benji about it with permanent vacation. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, we got rid of all CDs because they're completely useless. Yeah, But he still produces vinyl and he's like, Gesine, let's be honest, Spotify and um, other, not only Spotify, but like all kinds of platforms. Uh, platforms have very big servers and they do emit a lot of carbon. Mm. And as you said earlier, you know, binging Netflix, not a good idea. Mm -hmm. um, is that something to put into the equation when you say, Vinyl is is bad because it's plastic, mm. but then again, streaming and downloading and blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. Well, that's that's what I also like mentioned a while ago. You have to kind of maybe choose your battles. Yeah, okay. Because if you if you want to like walk down that road that you are kind of talking about now, then it's going to be very difficult to be alive. Yeah, yeah, okay, um, I, I get you. But so, I, I, I'm trying. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to to tease you. But yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, but I, but I totally. <laughs> and I, I mean, I think about it all the time. Uh, I think about it every day. Okay. Like what, what choices I make and what the impact will be. Okay. Like from picking out the fruit that I'm buying. Like yeah. where is it from? To uh, Yeah, like um, sorting all the plastic and all the cardboard and everything mm -hmm. like, for recycling mm -hmm. in individual containers and spending like minutes a day doing that, you know. Uh, but I think we have to do whatever we can on as many levels as we can. Mm -hmm. And I certainly don't mind uh, stop making vinyl uh, for my releases. Mm -hmm. Uh, there has been made one like super limited of the new one but uh, I don't necessarily see vinyl on any of my future releases now okay. we already talked about New York 
that you were there a lot and producing there a lot. Um, was it really that important or really was it just your hedonistic self doing that, saying, I, I'll do it because I can. And then I put it under the, the headline, creativity, because the, the city is so inspiring. At the time when I went to New York, yeah. you think? Well, at that time, I didn't think about it. Okay, okay. okay. It was just like, now we're talking 2005, six until, yeah, around the time I became a dad. That was the last time I went yeah. uh, across the Atlantic. Um, so I think that was the, the, the turning point in my life when I was like, okay, now there's no time for games anymore. Mm. Like, I think, and that's why I guess also the young generation are so pissed off now. Yeah, because we fucked it up, you know. I've been yelling at my uh, at my uh, parents' generation about it for a long time, you know. That I thought that it was their fault. Yeah, but it is also our generation. Yeah, I, and uh, we failed. These days are, not, of course, very very easy to have guest singers, for example, which you often have due to file sharing. Mm -hmm. They don't have to come to you and sing into a microphone next door. Right. Um, so that saves a bit of the environment. But is it possible for a young musician, also out of Copenhagen, for example, Denmark is not such a big country, mm -hmm. to become internationally successful? Of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. like from, from his own little studio? Yeah. Yeah, sure. I mean, maybe more than ever. You yeah. Know? But obviously, it all comes down to the music. And, uh, <laughs> how good is it, you know? Too smart. You're outsmarting me. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I mean, there is like just endless possibilities of making yourself heard and, and seen. And, uh, but yeah, it has to be really great what you do. And um, I mean, sometimes I think like if I had been young now, like or younger, uh, if I had been starting out now, I would not have, I would not be where I am now. You mm, know? Yeah. It's like there were a lot fewer producers back then when I started in 98, 99. And I was very lucky to get, to get signed quickly with my old band project and uh, could make a living from just making music mm. and being played on the radio and touring. Uh, I was in Japan like three times in a year touring and sold like 30, 40,000 copies of our first album there. And it's just like, that doesn't happen anymore. Mm. Like, first of all, you don't sell physical products like that anymore. But but just like, um, the scene is so much bigger and you you kind of, yeah, you have a whole different structure of everything. Um, and yeah, the stuff I made back then was not as good as it... <laughs> <laughs> as it should have been like but I was on an Atari computer and a mono sampler mm. and you know it was we did what we could you know and it was fun but if it had been like that today we wouldn't have had a chance I think so yeah it's a different situation now but like if we had had Ableton back then I don't know would it, it would have been fun I have a look once in a while mm -hmm. onto my notes and there is Richie Horton mentioned because he pays atmosphere Mm -hmm. When he flies, which is like a compensation program for for the carbon emission, mm -hmm. um, 
I mean, you, you said you, you have a couple of flights and then you pay that too, I guess. Yeah, but it doesn't make me feel any better. Okay. To be honest. So you, you can't uh, have money saving your soul. No. No, it doesn't And work. like any, uh, <laughs> any scientist is saying the same thing that, that this is not the solution. Yeah. But when you dig into the like facts and read about what all the scientists are saying, it's just what we need is like a, a negative emission. Like we need to pull carbon out of the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. uh, Not put more in and then pay it off somehow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, either we have to plant, what was it, eight billion trees or something in, a, in 10 years, mm -hmm. or there's like different solutions and these machines that can actually pull carbon out of the atmosphere. They, they built one in Switzerland. I think they're testing it in Iceland now. But there needs to be like, I don't know how many machines they need to build and put up around the world to to actually make this function. That sounds like a dystopian novel almost. Yeah, it does. And it, the machine looks quite dystopian as well. But uh, we are living in dystopian times. And I think it's, yeah, it's all comes back to that we as individuals have to do everything we can on all parameters in our lives and then there needs to be these like fundamental changes in our societies around the world mm. so let's get to to the to, yeah. to the to the to the <laughs> yeah, like we've, we're getting into philosophy mode and and talking talking so much talk let's yeah. get to the practical point the moment you decided that and you called or emailed your booker and said claudia Mm -hmm. no more planes for me mm -hmm. I'm taking the train mm -hmm. what was her reaction well I think she was kind of like already I've been like pointing it or like giving points about it for a long time like hey couldn't we look at me taking the train instead mm -hmm. and she's like well like you know uh, not really and then I've been <laughs> like cancelling or like not cancelling but saying no to so many gigs already that I think Claudia was just like my booker was just like happy to see that I was actually willing to go because I've just been saying so much no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, and now it's just like, now it's just the the basic agenda that that we have to make it work like that. And that just means that I'm playing a lot less um, and that's just how it is. And I can feel it financially, but I can live with it. Yeah. So. When you say no, or when you said no to so many gig offers, was that communicated to the club that they say, Kasper can't come because he can't fly or he doesn't no. want to fly? No, not really. Not, not at the time. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think that might be a, an option for clubs, promoters and uh, agents to look into to look into this as kind of a... I don't know, like a, you know, like you have the organic stamp mm -hmm. on on food, mm -hmm. uh, bio or whatever. I mean, you could maybe look into uh, this kind of uh, organic rating. Oh, that's a weird word, but, but I know what you mean. You like know a, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, kind yeah, of like, yeah, uh, like structure it a little bit, uh, like an eco rating for for yeah. club culture or whatever it takes a club to run, being eco friendly because mm -hmm. that actually is is part of, of my whole questionnaire as well. Do you check if the club doesn't use single-use plastic, for example, yeah. or stuff like that? Do you ask that beforehand? 
I was thinking about that uh, because I saw, I'm not going to name her name, but I saw like a huge DJ saying that that was like her, I say her mission uh, was to to talk about this plastic issue. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's great. But at the same time, she's flying around the yeah. world like crazy, yeah. which is something that she can really do something about. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I can't make a club change their whole policy about plastic uh, because they have uh, as the suppliers mm-hmm. of uh, of alcohol and sodas, and I guess if they choose a different kind of uh, supplier of uh, of water only in in cardboard boxes or something, then they cannot get the beer they want or whatever. I mean, it's probably really really complicated. Yeah, but there are but, certain things clubs can do. For example, yeah. back can just get rid of. Of the straws, mm-hmm. there is a certain amount of symbolicness in in removing the mm-hmm. straws because that will make people think about it, yeah, and then they exactly. they won't be buying the straws themselves, yeah. or maybe in their local cafe. Yeah. They'll. I've actually done that quite a lot in Copenhagen. If I come into a place and they have a plastic straw, then I I I ask them like, did you consider changing to, yeah, like metal or mm-hmm. uh, bamboo straws or something else? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're like always like super positive, like yeah, yeah, and we're gonna speak to our boss about it. And I've I've seen then I come back like months later, and then they changed it. You know, yeah. not saying that it's because of me, but you can do stuff like that in your daily life. That's nice, uh, like mini activism. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, back to the the situation with the clubs. I think there is just like a lot of potential in having the the promoters uh, and the booking agents speak together also between the different uh, agencies when mm-hmm. they're putting DJs on tour that if they want to pair them up why not pair them up in cities where they're actually close together at the same time yeah it's a lot more organization it I guess a, a lot more work it is a lot yeah. more work <laughs> but yeah I mean after booking this fly uh, train uh, weekend uh, it was just like it was a lot of work yeah because the yeah the train companies don't really work together across countries that's a, that's another thing that we realized when we decided to come by train as well mm-hmm. to get the experience to be on the same page with you nice. and have this conversation um i looked onto the deutsche bahn page mm. nothing to milano there was like maybe one overnight and it was 250 for one person but there was only one time and we're like eh, that's not possible mm. also the price not possible for us And then we found this uh, train link page or something, yeah. which is like an opodo for trains. And it's amazing. Yeah. Really amazing. So um, yeah. a lot of countries are also behind in that. Yes. Like, like linking up and being able to even have like the train travel. Yeah, I don't know. Manageable through Europe, although we're we have proper train nets working, you know. We do, but it's so old school in many ways. Like if you look at Japan and the Shinkansen trains that are high speed and super efficient. We need, we need the same here in Europe. So people would actually choose that over flying because then it's super fast and uh, yeah, it just works. So I read someone like, I think it was Greenpeace or somebody saying that this is the plan, you know, like to, if they were in charge, like to uh, 
to take the money from um, from taxing uh, airplane tickets. Mm. You have to hire the airplane tickets <laughs> a lot uh, in price. Mm. Take that money and uh, invest in a European high-speed train network. Mm. That makes perfect sense. You can do it in 10 years. Um, build it and make it happen. Yeah. But the the polit the, the the will on a political level doesn't really seem to be there. Like in Denmark, they actually cancelled three four years ago. They cancelled a lot of the night trains that went from Copenhagen to uh, through Europe. Mm -hmm. So now you have to go to either Hamburg or to uh, Malmo in Sweden to to get on a night train, which is like the worst uh, signal to send now. Yeah. So yeah, there is. A lot of lack of will. I hope, if I do anything, I hope I inspire a few people to think about it, like mm -hmm. a few other DJs, um, to think about it when they plan their tour and and say, maybe I'm going to postpone my South American leg until I can combine it with North America next year, you know, instead of going now. Mm -hmm. Stuff like that. And um, maybe, yeah, the the European gigs... I'm gonna lay them out with my booking agent so that I can actually go by train. And I'm—I mean, I'm doing this this trip tonight back to Copenhagen from Milano. It's 25 hours on the train. Yeah. So, it, I mean. And the flight would have been two hours, three hours. Two hours. Mm. Yeah, one minute or one hour fifty minutes or something. Yeah. Um, so it—I mean, I invest my time in it, but. Uh, I think it's important to do it. Mm. And you might get some lifetime for your kids out of it. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a bonus. But <laughs> I mean I miss my kids. I I could have been home and see them tonight yeah. and put them to bed, you know. Uh instead I'm coming home like uh, after they're put to bed tomorrow. Okay. Um so yeah, I mean it's not really a choice for me and I just think It might be inspiring for others. Yeah. Do you sometimes still go out, although your father, when you're back home, and full-on uh, producer? Uh, rarely, yeah. I would say. If I do go out, it's like uh, for a couple of hours to see a show or yeah. something. Or something like last like night where you played with your friends. It's it's a bit of, of going out, or is it just yeah. purely work? No, no, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I ended up staying until the end. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I enjoy it. I mean, I love to play. Yeah. Uh, and now, when I'm traveling by train, I realized I'm more excited because I I can, like, there's a lot of time to, to get excited on the way, you know, mm. and there's nothing that is annoying. Like, I used to become in a bad mood, uh, like, the day before I had to fly already. My girlfriend was always like, oh, you're so uptight because you're, you're, you're going to leave tomorrow and stressed. And I just, I mean... The whole uh, train situation is so different. It's mm. it's like slow living, you know. Mm -hmm. It's just you sit there and there's like a beautiful nature outside of the window. But is it also relaxing? I mean, uh, as I said before, we did a train travel from Berlin and with some delays and so on. From door to door, it took 14 hours. Mm -hmm. I was here in Milano two weeks ago already and took the plane and with all my personal little fuck-ups... <laughs> 
like leaving my laptop on the plane. It oh. took me <laughs> it took me seven hours from door to door, so yeah, exactly. half the time, yeah. um, with lots of stress. Um, but still, in the end, I found the train travel was really nice. But I was also so exhausted, mm-hmm. and then coming to work somewhere, I could imagine it would be hard getting off the train and then straight into the club. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it took me. 14 and a half hours from Copenhagen to Zurich and then uh, I had a quick dinner and a quick check in the hotel and then I was in the club for seven hours mm-hmm. at Zukunft uh, in Zurich and had a great time and I was just like on a I guess like kind of like on a high of positive mm-hmm. energy about like going by train and just like I guess when it becomes more like the norm then it gets a bit more exhausting But I relaxed on the train, okay. and I don't relax on a on a plane. I'm like super tense, and yeah. and uh, yeah. yeah, it just for me. I was listening to podcasts and working on my laptop mm-hmm. and listening to new music and just walking around. Went to the restaurant uh, car and like had a a pasta and just <laughs> <laughs> super. Nice. It actually really sounds like a little holiday. Yeah, in a moving tin can with big panorama windows. That's the thing. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, plenty of stops where you could like step out if you wanted for a few minutes mm-hmm. and breathe mm-hmm. if you need to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I like <laughs> to stay on the ground. Good. I think that's a, that's a very nice sentence to finish. I mm-hmm. wanted to talk so much about your music. We got stuck in, in politics, but I think that's important because um, I'll really, yeah, I, I said it before, I used the term role model, but I think, yeah, you, you are my personal role model oh, for, for doing that because it made me starting to think about my own mm-hmm. flight time well, that, in life. Then I'm happy, you know, so, that's, that's if, if a few people would do that, then I'm happy. Thank you very much, Kaspar Björke. How do you pronounce that properly? Kaspar Björke? Okay. <laughs> Pretty much the same. Pretty much the same. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Das war also Kaspar Björke. Übrigens, Show Notes, ne? Dort gibt es noch einen Link, nämlich nicht nur zum Travel und Surf Pass, sondern auch noch zum DJ-Mix, den Kaspar Björke für Electronic Beats gemacht hat. Ich freue mich mal wieder auf euer Feedback und auch auf Gästewünsche. Nun schreibt doch mal einen Kommentar, wenn ihr gerne mal hören wollt. Und zwar könnt ihr das machen auf Instagram oder ihr hinterlasst eine Bewertung bei Apple. Bis dahin. Falls wir uns nicht hören, sehen wir uns im Club. Das war der Telekom Electronic Beats Podcast. Abonniert den Podcast bei Apple, Soundcloud, Spotify oder dieser. Wir sehen uns im Club. Bis dann.